story. And I'm like, Orlando! I was basically a uh, Charles Green. It's like the tires will fit and he's Hello everybody and welcome back to the Shakedown, the main quest. The main quest. We are, I'm so excited to say this. Ready guys? Ready guys? Ready. Happy race week! Happy race week! It's finally here. It's a little Woo. bit of an unconventional race week, but it's still a race week and it counts. Back. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Love that. Moving on then, first of all, to our media day. Now, obviously, we've had testing. So there's a heck of a lot of stuff that's gone out there. It's been good to see drivers back in interview. It's been good to hear some from my favorite commentators. It's been good to kind of see all of that good stuff happening again and i was just happy to see the zoom zooms on track so how did you guys find testing how much of it did you get to watch did you enjoy it talk to me honestly did not watch much of it because i was doing job interviews and traveling because of such interviews so i Adult got back adulty so i rewatched day one and that's the only bit like i've gotten to see like i technically had mm-hmm. day three on when I got back home from said traveling, but I fell asleep during it. So I really only truly watched day one. It was just very interesting to see. I guess actually the cars on track this year. It was so good. And I got to admit, mm-hmm. the Sauber has grown on me after seeing it on track. I, I was I wrong. Said I said I liked it. I was wrong. It's grown on me. I like it. I like it a lot. It's giving Shigo. Yeah, it is giving it really Shigo. Is. It is giving Shigo. Kim Possible. Great and now it's a car, and and that yeah. seems to be the general consensus that everybody likes it. Now that's on track. Mm-hmm. For me, I watched the PM sessions, which for me was from seven AM to eleven AM. Um, I'm sorry, as much as I love Rimrims, two AM is not is not it for me. So I put them on. I used them as background noise, and if something happened, like um. Williams decided to take a little bit of an adventure into the unknown before the season started. I saw it and I stopped working for a minute. I'm guessing you missed the drain covers then. Oh, I the drain cover, I still made a joke of it. Are you kidding? I'm marking, I'm yeah, I know, but I mean, you missed it. Oh, no, I missed it live, but I am marking down my bingo card. Okay, (laughs) I love that. I love that. I'm happy for you. I watched as much of it as I could physically get my hands on. I was just so excited to have cars back on track. And I liked the mashup. They did a quite a mashup of Sky and F1 TV commentators, which I thought was quite nice. It was quite a nice hybrid of the two. They had some of my favorite F1 journalists on. They interviewed some of the drivers. I thought that it was a really nice, well-rounded way of doing it. And to say that it's the first year that they've done it, it looked good. It was fun. I enjoyed it. So, Hannah, across the three days then, give us our top three from day one, day two, day three. So, day one, Shakurama, it's Max, and then Lando and then Carlos. Okay. Mm. Mm. Um, Day two was Lewis. Nope. Carlos, Sergio, then Lewis. Nah. Maybe I'm thinking day three. 
Mm-hmm. A1. I thought Charles cut one of them. Maybe, but maybe his card had a hole in it. Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? Charles was day three with George behind him, and then Zhou Guan Yu. Pop off King. Yes, Mr. Has a Home Race this year. Yeah. Yeah. Who launched an Instagram for his cat. All hail Sweet Corn's father. Sweet Corn's father. That's the name of uh, his new cat, which, well, not new, but like his cat that he's had since the end of last season. And the cat has I'm an Instagram. Go guys. I'm just saying. I'm about to go follow he's that. The really <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yeah, so that was testing across three days. Obviously, Max was not top of every single session, but the Red Bull did look frighteningly dominant. Adrian and Newey on the floor working you know. on the car. Adrian Newey on the floor. He looked, he dressed like my dad, and that's creepy. Probably okay. is someone's dad dressing like a dad. dad. I mean, he probably is, but still. Like, did see somebody that you only have seen on TV? Literally had the exact same wardrobe as somebody that you see on a daily basis. Wow, yeah, that's pretty yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. So, we don't know, as we said in our pre testing episode, we don't know the actual performance of the cars. We probably won't until Thursday's session, Friday's session. But it would time. appear that the Red Bull is looking good, that McLaren, Mercedes, Ferrari are looking pretty decent that you've got sort of a mid-pack that could be looking like aston v carb which they're now calling rb but that's too confusing for me so i'm going to continue to call them v carb and williams and then potentially your sauber Haas, and interestingly alpine that are not looking like they're running all that well there's a lot that's come out that the alpine is one of the worst cars and to say that Haas were very upfront with being like yeah we're gonna suck at the beginning guys it seems like they may have competition worst of the grid so well but as i said we don't truly know we we don't know how well they were doing dialing up the engine power we don't know the fuel loads that they were running we don't know the details of any of that but there have been rumors for a long time that the renault engine in the alpine car is much less powerful than most of the other cars. So you've obviously got the Mercedes engine, which is in the McLaren, the Williams, and the Mercedes, and the Aston Martin, I think. And yes. you've got the Red Bull engine in the V-Carb and the Red Bull, and you've got the Ferrari engine in the Stake, Haas, and Ferrari, obviously. So Renault sit on their own, pro- like producing their own engine, and it's long been held that it's not as powerful as the rest. And I wonder if that could be contributing to their problems. They've also lost some people that have gone to different teams and stuff like that. So yes, I'm not gonna say I am worried for Alpine because I have don't have strong enough feelings about them to be worried about about them. But I think it is potentially concerning um for them. But as I say, it's testing. Who truly knows? Mm-hmm. The Haas is not shocking because like they said, they're going to second the beginning because they have so many new people. Like they didn't have the way you create strength is through continuity. Yeah. And improvement through that continuity. Yeah, so they don't have that continuity right now. I feel like that's what happened with Ferrari. They were on an upstrike, and then they shook up their management. And now they're going to have to start. They started from square one again. So I feel like we're going to have a, and I hope I'm not jinxing myself here or anybody in those red uniforms. Um, So sorry if I do. I feel like they're going to be a lot stronger than we've seen in the past because now they have that continuity. They've built it up for three seasons. 
I said cue, I cue the clown music. <laughs> yep, okay, fine. Okay, so that part. was testing. <laughs> that was testing. The other that happened this last week was none other than season six of Drive to Survive. Money as our resident Drive to Survive correspondent. You know, what are your thoughts? Is this mm-hmm. the first season that you've watched where mm-hmm. you've watched the entire race season? It was very interesting to see the things they didn't leave. The things they left out, I should say. And, like, season five, I was aware of things they left out just because, like, I started paying attention to, like, things and bits in here. So, like, like Seb in season five was basically a new thing other than them trolling us about, like, Chekhov becoming a meme of, like, Seb has an Instagram. <laughs> and then Chekhov's face. And then this year, yeah. same thing. It's, like, the things they decided to leave out, but, like, things they did focus on, like, the Merc episode? Wild. Now that, like, knowing the fact that this is Lewis last mm-hmm. year at Mercedes and seeing, like, all those moments. Yeah. My cousin <laughs> texted me. She just got into F1, and she's like, not this episode making me cheer for Lewis. And I was like, doing its job then, right? That's Isn't that the whole point? Especially if you got into the sport yeah. because of Lewis. Like, you see, you've seen him win. You've seen him lose to Max. And then now you're trying to see him win the eighth. And then, like, in that episode, it's like, he's been trying yeah. to, guess, I use, use his knowledge that he has and the experience he has. And, like, Merck, it makes it seem like Merck just said, nah, 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 we got this. And then they don't got it. Mm. it is interesting and i oh, think some sure. of the cutting is interesting making it seem like certain races are this person's first race mm-hmm. back when they're really not and their first race and their last race. it it was cut quite interestingly but on the whole mildly entertaining i watched I it all don't really have any much more to say was that. actually the haas and williams episode and like the contradictions that was probably sure yeah. My favourite bit was also Williams adjacent, which was Alex predicting the entire Daniel Ricardo storyline in the car to Logan and then basically getting it right. And there's a there's a there's a TikTok maybe floating around of someone who's cut it mm-hmm. with Alex's narration of all the different bits, which is just, just excellent kissed. editing. And yeah, I really enjoyed that. Amazing. So so that's Let's the see. only part that I've seen aside from the clips that McLaren's been posting. Um, sure. because for those that don't know, I really don't watch Drive to Survive. I just, I don't know why I fair. can't do it. But, which is totally fair for people who like, like it. I personally, probably from my professional background, cannot mm-hmm. watch it for reasons. Doesn't matter. Anyways, sure. that is the one part that I have seen. And the fact that I could absolutely see it in my, in my head as Alex was going, And then I'm going to do I'm back. I've never left. <laughs> and and, yeah. and Logan literally sat there and he's like, and he's right. The people who were the happiest when Daniel came back. Alex, they probably changed their pants three yeah. times. He's not wrong. Yeah, all in all. <laughs> fine. If you like it, you like yeah. it. If you don't, you don't. Like, there's no right or wrong way to feel about it, but can't not mention it. So, other bits and bobs of news. F1 2024 is now on pre-order. So, We'll probably have Max as a poster boy for that again. I'm excited to see them promote it. It was good fun last year. Now, we've also got some information about one departed Haas team principal, Mr. Gunther Steiner. Hannah, what have you got for us? So there are a couple of reports that he's going to be a correspondent for a few different outlets. One of them is RTL Mm -hmm. in Germany. That one seems more like a permanent 
pundit position and then i believe it's canal plus he's also going to be doing some work with as a either guest or what have you um there mm-hmm. he's definitely not going to leave he's just gonna leave the english speaking world as it were right now who's in charge of the censorship button for batman i don't know but i i feel for them and i wish them all the best and i hope they have all the chocolate they could possibly need for when they need to cry in a corner. <laughs> but yes, so that's all of the Gunther news we have. Maybe we should have a Gunther corner. <laughs> but yes, so that's that's the um, related news for now. Great. Now, the last little bit of news that we've got in our media day section is around the Christian Horner allegations. Now, as of time of recording, we have no announcement. We're expecting the results of the investigation to come out tomorrow. So between recording and this episode dropping, if that happens, we may update you, may slot something in round about here. Maybe we won't, who knows? But if you've heard that, that's your update on the Christian Horner allegations. Otherwise, we don't really have anything to say at the moment. So we're not going to. Either, either of you got anything to add on that one? Nope. Great. Now, moving on then to our learning moment. We don't have a learning moment because we've got a nice big topic next week. We've not had a race, but I'm excited for the return of race-related learning moments. I can't wait. So moving us on then to our social media moment. Hannah, we've got a few this week. Give us the best of social media in the F1 world. So my social media moment right now is... There's a tie for me. One is all of the McLaren posting all of their like DTS clips with both Oscar and Lando. Where Lando is like, no, we don't fight in the car. We do our talk. And then Oscar's like, we do our talking on track. And he goes, well said, Oscar. He might be young, but he's not dumb. <laughs> it's like, gee, Brilliant. thanks, Lando. Um, and then, and then also like the, the waving around. Like, can you go through the side door, Oscar? Thank you very much. Um, but my main one is the bubble photos, like the fisheye photos. I don't know who thought of this. I don't know what Y2K trend they pulled it from. Um, <laughs> but they took fisheye photos of all of the drivers and they gave them, I guess, creative freedom because both of the Williams drivers are sticking their tongue out at you, which is a little bit. Cr- and, 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 and Alex is questionable if, I, if I'm terrified by his photo or not. It's really up to how I feel um, in the moment. Mm-hmm. But. They worked really hard to hide Logan's photo, which is really interesting. Like, you find every other photo in, like, Instagram. Like, it's posted Instagram its own slide. And then in TikTok, you barely see it, but it's there for, like, a split second. So, I was sent on a mission earlier to go retrieve it. Um, success! It's success. And you completed your mission, and we're proud of you. Absolutely. It was success. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know where they pulled this from. I I applaud whoever did it. Which millennial but... in the back came up with this? Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of really good social media content. I'm gonna I'm gonna see your social media content, and I'm gonna raise you group. Okay, I don't remember what the one you said. <laughs> yeah, group paddle. Uh, which I just thought was adorable. So you had two separate things going on. You first of all, we saw Logan, Alex, Oscar, Alpine employee. They that they played a game together, and it was like, oh, look at them! They're so cute. All we'll like playing a game in the off season, and then we got a drop of like half the grid playing together. So initially, there was a seemed to be a four of 
Max, Fernando, Lando, and Daniel. And then we got extension, where we had F2 drivers. We had, like, academy, um, like, affiliates. We had all sorts, extras, like, anyone and his uncle could come and play paddle for the second one. So we got the content of that. Thank you, Fernando Alonso and Lando. I don't know what he was doing with that photo dump. I, I'm not sad about it. Do you know what I mean? Like this target audience, and I'm not mad about the Daniel pictures. I feel happy to have received such good content from them. And I'm just gonna throw something in here. I wouldn't say it's a conspiracy <laughs> theory. No. Would it would not Get be like me a conspiracy theory? But obviously, I get some tinfoil. You know, ready for sunbathing, roast turkey, whatever. We are. In entering a season where the majority of drivers are up for contract renegotiations, the exceptions being Max, McLaren, and now Lewis and and Charles in the Ferraris. Uh, And maybe one other, I forget who. George Russell. Technically also Alex. Not have that fully confirmed yet. But there's implications that there's performance calls for Williams this year. But otherwise, yes, we would expect Alex. Alex to probably be signed through but you've got a lot of drivers who are trying to make themselves marketable and the really curious thing for for me with that is you've got a lot of them so we've had uh, both Pierre and Carlos start new TikTok accounts we've had a lot more YouTube content from a lot of the drivers they seem to be going quite hard at showing personality at showing social media presence at showing essentially marketability both for sponsors for teams and the wider thing, and those two particularly for me are quite curious because Carlos, we know, is out of seat, so we know he needs to market himself. Pierre isn't, to what we're aware, out of a seat, but it would probably indicate and suggest that maybe he would like to step away from Alpine. That's not me tinfoil hatting as such, but I think it's no, fair to it's say clear. that because so many of them are out of contract that they are doing what they can to market themselves. So I think that's an interesting one. I think we're going to see an uptick in quite a lot of social media content, both from races and wider than that, as these drivers start to to try and be like, hi, hi, me, I'm really good for your marketing. Lando and Oscar don't need to do anything, so they'll be fine. But they're going to, because that's just who they are. That's what in their contract. Now, it's interesting that you say this, because I was actually talking to one of our dear friends about this the other day. And she sent me a TikTok, which really encapsulated it. And I think that it's not that Pierre wants to step away from Alpine. I think he's protecting his seat. Sure. Okay? You, because you're looking at it, the way in this day and age to keep a seat is to not only be good on track, but be marketable. You need to be marketable. Yeah. You need to be fun. You need to be relatable. And while the content he might be making so far isn't necessarily relatable standing in, but he's doing trends so far. Like, old trends, but they're trends. Um, the other one that people have been noticing is Checo. Yeah, but he's spawn honking everywhere. Hang on. He's going to People Magazine. Now, yeah, if you know what People Magazine is, you know that it is a PR stunt of what used to be a doctor's office table in in the United States, okay? And in most cases, it still is. They are exclusively PR articles that are set up by inside sources, their managers. Mm-hmm. His management has been pushing the family man story 
so much to people that he's trying to dig himself out of the holes he put himself in while he's with Red while he was with Red Bull, the the scandals, the cheating, the everything. He's trying to rebuild himself to make himself marketable again. And it's very clear. Um so he knows either either he knows he's not safe or he doesn't want to go back. It's one of the two. But yes, it's very interesting you bring that up. I could probably do an entire solo episode about that if we needed a solo episode. Book market. Book market. <laughs> what you were talking about earlier. I think I think potentially during silly season I don't think it would be a bad idea to talk about the different strategies that the drivers use to market themselves. I think it's very interesting. I thought I'd just mention it as we were on social media yes. moments that I think going forward, I think our uptick in social media moments is going to be higher. You know? So I look forward to that personally. Now, what time we've got left, which unfortunately isn't as long as I would like. Come on, you have a question for us. And it leads very, very nicely into our topic of the week. So talk to us. What is your question? What did you pick up from the bits of testing and stuff that you did watch? uh so from what i did watch in testing you know it was saturday because friday i was dead on the couch so it was saturday i was watching what day one of replays of day one i was sitting there watching it my dad was like kind of watching it but not really and he just goes so are these like completely new cars from like compared to last year i'm like yeah like it's the new car this is like the year like new built whatever and he goes oh because Red Bull looks different. And no, he's not talking about the livery. Because when I said that, Ellie started laughing. I'm like, no, no, he means like the actual car, not like the color of the car. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, the Red Bull looks different from last year. And I'm like, sir, you haven't been paying attention. You've been like glancing at this as the cars go zoom. And you noticed that. And then therefore, it struck me going, so side pods to the group chat. Because as I was watching, they kept mentioning side pods and Red Bull's design and how it was such a big risk because it deviated so much from last year and how some of them were calling it an evolution and some of them were saying it was just a shift in the design and it started made me think about sight pods and i figured mm-hmm. why not ask two smart people about sight pods so i can learn you can ask two people anyway <laughs> i just kind of both. so we've had a lot of talk about sight pods over the last two years obviously 2022 everyone comes with this car that roughly looks the same except for one team and we've had a lot of talk about the mercedes zero side pod concept it didn't work and now red bull are turning up to testing with something that looks more similar to that if that makes sense and it'll be interesting to see if it works for them i mean we've had memes for days of adrian newey on the grid before a race with his little notebook looking at that mercedes and making notes and just the memes of it being like Adrian looking looking at her going, how can I fix her? And so obviously hilarious that this has now come out. And a lot of teams historically gravitated towards the Red Bull style of the, the wide side pod. Where And so what we're going to do is we're going to explain a little bit about side pods, what they do, how they work. Hannah's going to then very graciously and very wonderfully explain how no side pod works in terms of how that contributes to a car. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Red Bull concept. So please stop me if you have any questions. But I did some research, lots of research. I really enjoyed myself as per usual. But basically, this... The nerds got to shine. 
the 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 info dumping is about to shine. <laughs> hold, the, hold your horses, people. We are ready to go. So my favorite quote that I found on it was from Andrea Stella, who is the McLaren team principal. Not to be confused with Zach Brown, who is the McLaren CEO, but actually is not the team principal. So I don't know why he goes to the team principal conferences, but whatever. That's a run for another day. Andrea Stella said the side pods in simple terms are a bit like a mini skirt. So aerodynamically, having wide side pods helps the suction of air to the floor. So if you want to maximize the suction of the floor, you can't do without side pods. You need them. Everyone seemed to be heading in that direction in 2023, 2022. And that's why you saw the clear progression for McLaren last year, because they kind of basically kind of seem to nail that concept. So I don't know you remember Belgium last year, but there were two notable clashes in that, in that they were both side pod issues. So you had a clash between Perez and Hamilton in the sprint race, I want to say. And then you had a clash between Sainz and Piastri on the first lap of the main race. And both of those, yeah, damaged side pods, too much loss of downforce. And basically, they lost performance in the fast corners. They lost performance in the braking zones. So they both retired the cars. And this explanation about side pods should help you understand as to why. So when we've covered downforce in our previous episodes, we've talked about downforce being likely to do with the front and rear the front and rear wings and the floor. And that's very true. Those two parts are the biggest contributors to downforce. However, whilst the side pods don't generate downforce themselves, they help those other components to create downforce and to maximize the downforce basically. So the floor works by accelerating the air underneath it as long as along the edges there's no air that can get in after normal air pressure so that the air pressure underneath stays the same and the air pressure on the sides doesn't influence that. So simple terms, the side pod's kind of like a little bit of a seal to kind of trap that air underneath it and maximise the downforce from the floor. The rear wing has needs to have air that hits it at as lower turbulence as possible so that the wing can convert the energy from the air and the side pods basically help to direct the air. I love I'm doing directions even though this is a podcast. I'm fully visualising it. It's fine. Uh, So the side pods can then direct the air to the suction side of the rear wing to balance that out. Finally, on the side pods, the airflow that enters them has to pass through the radiators so it cools down the power unit components. Now, if that doesn't work, if the power unit doesn't get cooled, that massively affects the drag reduction, that massively affects the downforce. So these side pods are kind of critical in helping the floor, helping the rear wing, but also helping the airflow to go through it. So this is the stuff that they change when you have different tracks. So they talk about, oh, we've got to change the setup of the car to be relevant to this. Some of that's to do with like the air ducts on the side pods to change the amount of air that's going through and flowing through those things and affect those other parts. Does that all make sense? Yes. It made sense in my head, so I got it. I'm very impressed that that all makes sense. I'm also very happy. There you go. Well, I tried to explain it very simply rather than getting too into deeply technical things because I understand it at this level and I'm happy understanding it at this level. So that's, I think, all we really need. Hannah, you look like you're about to counteract that point. No, um, you did a really great job of explaining the downforce aspect. The one thing that 
I think is really important to talk about with side pods and why they're so large, why they come out from the body so far, is because of the side. It, it basically acts as there's two there's two effects to it. One is it ha- acts as a house for all of the components that needs to be cooled, like, the most. Yeah. Or yeah, it yeah. can house electronics, it can house, you know, the radiator. It depends on how they balance the car, what they're doing with it, what may be in the side pods. Which I've got a very interesting point as to later with the Red Bull. So, yes, right. you're absolutely right. We'll, and we will circle back around to that. The second thing is that... It acts to direct and reduce drag by pushing air around the rear tires so it doesn't go over them or it goes, it basically goes around them. Yeah. They have these, you're going to see these little itty bitty like, like pieces popping out from the side pod. Those are called vortex generators. They literally look like winglets. They create a vortex that is much neater air than your regular stream, your regular pressure. Think of like a fraying thread. Mm-hmm. When you twirl that fraying mm-hmm. thread, it's tighter and more clean to deal with if you need to put it through something, right? Yeah. If you have a fraying thread and you put it through something, it's just it, you're going to lose air. And it's going to go everywhere. Mm-hmm. So think about twisting that thread. It's easier to pull through, right? Yep. So that's kind of the idea of those vortex generators. Now, we had an interesting concept from Mercedes. Um, what was it two years ago now? Mm-hmm. Called the zero pod. Now, it wasn't actually a zero pod. It just looks like there was no side pod, which is yeah. why it was called the zero pod. There was actually an intake um, in the front. It was hard to see, but there was an intake in the front. And that intake, normally you're going to see intakes be like really high up, like right above, like right next to the top of the front tire. And like there'll be thin. And they'll be the width of the tire. So they can intake all the air that's passing over that front tire. They decided to put it and make it a giant square. And by giant square, I mean it looked melted into the side. Which isn't against the rules. It was very legal what they did. However, mm-hmm. it created this giant gash in the side of the car. And it did not decrease drag. But there was a reason they had to do it that way. And the reason they had to do it that way was because they had to make a sacrifice for the legality of the car um, sure. to try it. Now, I obviously don't have the data, and I don't know where they got the idea that this is a good idea um, <laughs> when they were hiding it and trying to protect it. But the reason they had to do it this way is because they had, if you look at the Mercedes, and if we put this part up in a video, I will try and find a photo of the way of the side of the car. There is something called a downwash winglet on the car that the mirror is sitting on. And this downwash winglet is a third piece to what would have been the side pod. From the regulations, there is something, there is an, a plane view. And you can only have, what was it, two components in the X plane, two components in the Y plane. And three and one component in the Z plane, which means if you put it in a 3D modeler and you press it through that plane, it should only separate into that many pieces. Mm. If they had done this, if they had kept their downwash winglet, 
with a traditional side pod, it would have exceeded the number of components in two different planes. Sure. So they had to melt it down. It's interesting you say that because I read a really interesting interview with James Allison talking about the zero side pod concept. And he basically said it wasn't like people latched onto the fact that the issue was the zero side pod, the zero side pod, the zero side pod. And he was like, I understand why people latched onto that, but that's not actually true. The, the issue was the process that we went through to create that rather than that, which is exactly what you're saying by the sounds of it, that mm-hmm. actually the zero side pod in, in and of itself potentially wasn't the problem. The, the problem was what they had to sacrifice to do the zero right. side pod concept and therefore the entire process of it. So it's it really interesting to hear you say that because that totally tracks with some of the stuff that they've said more publicly. And obviously James Allison has come back into a role to, I guess, kind of help to fix the W14, we hope yeah. to so But it's very interesting to hear that it's not just seems simple to be like, oh, well, it was the zero side pods. Well, kind of. But yeah, it was kind of the zero pod. It was the fact that they had to make a sacrifice. They had an idea, and it was a great idea to have a downwash yeah. linklet. And that's and exactly to have what he said. That, And to have that, those extra vortex generators to create tighter air. However, if they had done that, they would have been breaking rules. And wow, they can find loopholes there. This is one of the ways, yep. this is one of the ones where they don't have enough loopholes to make it a good car. Now, the reason I say yep. enough loopholes is because technically that downwash linglet only counts as one piece, but they put a like millimeter slit in the back of it to make it two, um, two planes yep. or two, two like sections. Once you push it through the the Y plane, it's two sections they had to put a slit in it so that they could actually push it through and still have two pieces at a given time. So that's kind of how that works. Like, it's hard to explain when it's not visually, but it makes sense. Like, it, it was a sacrifice. It was a sacrificial lamb, essentially. But yes, that is that yeah. is the why zero side pods don't really work. Um. Okay, any more than on zero side pods, or should we talk a little bit about the, the Red Bull concept that we brought this year? We can talk about it. I don't know, like, the I've looked at it in the last couple of minutes. To me, it kind of looks similar to what it was. It's not a zero pod in any sense of the word. No, it's not. And I actually, from the research I've done, it actually seems to actually be a little bit different to the Mercedes concept. There's side pods, it does look different, but it's seems to be kind of a hybrid between the beginning of year 2023 Mercedes and the post upgrade Mercedes and by the sounds of it and this is I'll try and do it in simple terms that I understood from my reading they are trying to make the front end of it as responsive as possible without that making the rear end slide too much that is how Max prefers to drive the car so clearly they're doing it very much in his direction but basically F1 cars with the, under the current regulations are massively weighted towards the rear but that's because all the electrical stuff sits as hannah said in the back of those side pods and contributes to putting a lot of the weight to the back whereas actually what they want to do is they want to try and move more, a bit more weight to the front to, to distribute it evenly so weight distribution in f1 car isn't just about front to back there's also the kind of keeping things along the center of the car and this is why i say what you said earlier about what sits in the side pods becomes relevant so the theory is that they've bought loads more of the internal architecture of the car 
So like repackaging radiators, cooling arrangements, and moving all of that more centrally behind the airbox at the top of the engine cover to basically keep the center of gravity of the car really, really low. Again, if your center of gravity of your car is low, your downforce is increased, and therefore you would hope, they will hope, to see a greater performance in the car. So that's part of why they think the side pods have been reduced is because they're trying to kind of squish everything into the middle but still keep that suction along the side. So whilst there, it's not that there's no side pods, it's that at the top they kind of seem to curve inwards a little bit more. We've got less of a... They, the way they used to describe the 22 and 23 cars was like the soap box, the soap dish, where it was kind of like up at the top and then they dip in a little bit. We've got less of that with the Red Bull and some of this might explain why. So as we said earlier about testing... It's still massively TBC as to whether it will be effective. We don't know who was sandbagging. We don't know fuel loads. We don't know engine modes. We don't know any of that. And if I'm honest, I don't think we will until qualifying. I think FP1, 2 and 3 will still be hugely... Stick your finger in the air and measure which way the wind's coming because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I'm I'm genuinely, I'm really excited for the race this weekend. I'm really excited to finally know and have a bit of an idea. So... Yes, I am hugely excited. Cars. What is your on one track. thing that you're most looking forward to this weekend? <laughs> Just as we start to wrap up. Does no. any specific part of it? Because I've got one if you don't. Go for it. Ooh, we yes. get the new intros. That's we true, we do. Poses. I couldn't be more excited if I tried. I need to know why they put them in the places that they did in that photo. I'm sorry. Such a oh, I loved it. I love that. I love that photo of them all on their little, like, soft play boxes. They look so cute. America's next, next top model wear. Oh. I'm sure I'll think of it as I watch this weekend. Um, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely. Well, we will be the debrief. Well, and that's most of what we get time for. We have two exciting and important announcements to make before we finish firstly psa weekend the race is on a saturday yes it's on a saturday it is normal time plus an hour i think it's kind of around the usual time so it is a 3 p.m uk start which means if you are on eastern time that is a 10 a.m start and yes. if you are on pacific time that is a 7 a.m start which is practically a lion for you mon and we will not be coming any any other time zones because those are the three that we're existing in and three is enough. So Saturday race week, which means your quali is 23 hours earlier. So that'll be Friday, 23 hours earlier. Very excited for that. I actually have plans, so I won't be watching it, but I will be watching catch up and I just can't wait. Quali, I think I love sometimes more than the race because I feel like it's just a bit more competitive. So our second announcement is exciting than that possibly so if you have been following us on your podcast feed you will see that we have been dropping some f2 and f1 academy episodes so by the time this comes out three out of four of those will be out so you can have f2 101 and f2 driver profiles f1 academy 101 has just dropped a few days ago and f1 academy driver profiles will drop next week so Next week, we'll also have a recap of the F2 race in Bahrain. And so 
our main episode will look a little bit different it'll be a little bit shorter we won't have a main topic that we do at the end but we will still do our media day learning moment social media moment and money's quiz moment so we will still have stuff covered but you'll probably see a little bit of a shorter episode next week even though you won't really because you'll get two bonus episodes from the shakedown academy which guys i can't tell you how excited i am for i'm so excited for those ones to drop it is hugely exciting so any questions any thoughts any comments please let us know but otherwise we will be back after the first race of the season yay okay anyways that's all from us bye <laughs> okay see you on the other side bye